we got a we got a full bunch of screens today. It's, I mean, I, Justin's the only one I can't actually see, but it's like the goddamn Brady bunch. I've got a reel up on the Instagram of us from the last time, and I'm just sitting there just smoking this giant blunt. <laughs> like that I'm flipping it to you guys. So uh, we just need to get Nate in here and we have like the three smokers and three non-smokers and then fucking Craig in the middle with his microphone and his scared <laughs> bear face. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> like, this is an odd group. You got half of them high and the other half completely sober. This doesn't work. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. This podcast, scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit, is part wrestling discussion of the week that was, but also part game show. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, joined by, well, typically, I have a referee and somebody to help keep points, but uh, this week, it is all on me because we have four panelists, which means it is ag team format for the Dick Togo Memorial Tag Team titles. Let me introduce you first to our champions, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. I'm not sure if I'm particularly comfortable with this intergender uh, uh, situation because I have uh, no opponents to kick in the dick. Fair. I can take a good kick in the boob if you really want to go for that. Hold on. Let me introduce you. We also have the uh, our, our the other half of our Dick Togo tag team champions, which would be Mr. Justin Valentine. Yeah, intergender is a little different this week. There will be no boob kicking, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, champ. Thanks, champ. Uh, facing them in our in this tag team format will be typically our referee and uh, and the person that helps me out the most in this podcast to keep it on the rails, and that is Miss Erica Bennis. My uterus is kicking my own ass enough for any sort of kicking that we could go on today. So, um, yeah, we, we don't, there's, you know, no kicking in the boob genitals. Just, I am, I am in a state. It's weird being in this part of the show. It's like you're on the other end. I know. I'm like, I don't know how I feel. It's like, like this is, <laughs> this must be how like talk show hosts feel when they're guests somewhere. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I like this power dynamic, but let's, let, let's let it ride. Maybe I'll be, end up being a champ. Maybe, maybe. Never mind that because you will never be as awkward as John Mulaney in an interview. As you can hear, we are also joined by acronym Amy Cooper, which will be uh, joining Erica in this intergender tag team match. Typically, you get boy, girl, boy, girl. This week, it's two dudes against two ladies. It's ladies on dudes. Which is now the, the temporary placeholder of the episode. Ladies on dudes. Ladies on dudes. <laughs> you mean that's not our tag team name? <laughs> um, As always, the uh, one fall show consists of three rounds. Each round has three questions in it. The questions are worth one point, two point, and three points, respectively. Correct answers net a player full points. But if you're unsure of an answer, giving an entertaining incorrect answer can always net you a, uh, a extra point at the judge's discretion. And that judge this week is solely me. <laughs> oh, this show is so screwed. 
It's a good thing we hold all the titles because we may be getting screwed out of these tag team titles, buddy. That's all right. It's all right, buddy. <laughs> At least we have each other, our partnership, and our friendship in the end. And the Sunshine Buddies Double Weight Championship. Can't forget that. <laughs> good riddance, Nate. I hope you never come back. Ooh. Oh, rude. Well, we, we did have an episode last week, but our one fall show legal team told us that uh, they had to work through some stuff with some of Nate's legal team. So uh, we may be hearing from him sooner rather than later. Champs, I'm going to let you start the show this week. You've got the Thunderground Underdome of uh, Raw and SmackDown. You've got the Wednesday Night War of NXT and AEW. And of course, news and notes from around the ring. Everybody else, where would you like to start this week? Buddy, do you want to choose or do you want me to choose? Yeah, why don't we just start with the Wednesday Night Wars? I like that choice. Good choice. Okay. Talking about NXT and uh, and AEW. AEW, of course, just had the uh, their big pay-per-view, All Out. And uh, we'll start with question one. We'll get right into it. Lots to get into from All Out last night. So let's start with who showed up in the Casino Battle Royal and subsequently will be in every Botchamania video from now until the end of time. Shockmaster. Um, no, uh, mm. uh, wait, do you know who it was? I got it, buddy. It was a Matt, Matt, side, side, what, yeah, say it. Matt Seidel. That's correct. Mr. Matt Seidel. Let me make sure to uh, to know uh, for the future here, which one of you is the legal man in the ring right now? Justin, you should definitely be the legal man, champ. As you can tell, I'm uh, feeling a little sassy today. <laughs> uh, that's all right, champ. I, mean, I don't mind when you're sassy. I'll be the legal man, though. All right. Yeah, the correct answer, Mr. Matt Seidel. Guys, uh, who here got to see All Out last night, and what are your thoughts about it? I, I did get to see it. Uh, I actually watched it this morning, uh, the morning after that would be. And... Oh, the overall thoughts on it. It didn't wow me. It was good, you know, but it didn't have me overly hyped like other AEW pay-per-views have in the past. Unfortunate about Matt Seidel, though, because that dude is crazy athletic and entertaining. And for that to be 30 seconds into his AEW debut, I'm like, oh, God, that uh, in a battle royal and the camera the shot turned right to his move too. Like it wasn't like it was a, Oh, in the background kind of thing. The camera was right on you, dude. And you blew it. Yeah, that was, that was pretty unfortunate. Uh, a couple of big botches, I think uh, stained the program overall. Also a little long. I think I'm uh, getting used to these very concise WWE programs. And I'm not saying that your pay-per-view has to be an hour and 45 minutes. That's actually a little silly, but I think three hours is a pretty good mark. And the more you extend beyond that, I, I start to fade. I certainly uh, fondly remember the times when WWE pay-per-view started at 7 and was over at 11. And it was a special thing because you didn't have a three-hour show every Monday night as well. I would have to concur with Shawnee. I, I do believe it, it went a little long for my taste. I don't know how in-depth we want to go into on the pay-per-view because I don't know what the questions are. And I don't want to ruin <laughs> any of your potential questions. But like... There was the another factor um, that kind of played into it, and, and I don't know if anyone else kind of noticed this. I feel like when they're wrestling in the out of doors of Florida, uh, especially apparently like last night, like when the show started, like with the heat index and the humidity, it, it felt like a hundred degrees. That's tough business to try and get through when you're trying to do a physical thing, and it's just ungodly hot. Um, I guess fans were just kind of like. I mean, it's it, it's hard to like get pumped when like you're just 
hotter than shit. You know, that played into it. Obviously, there were other moments that kind of just put a damper on the rest of the evening. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, I mean, it, it was it was OK. I don't regret buying it, but um, there were a lot of just factors at play. All right. Well, let's get into our second question then, Justin. You've got control of the uh, the category. Moving over to NXT. This uh, past Tuesday, we got to see the four man sixty minute Iron Man match for uh, the NXT title. What was the final score between Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano? Uh, it was two two one one. Cole Balor with two each, and then Gargano Ciampa one each. Yes, it was, which means that uh, they announced that they're going to this Tuesday actually have Adam Cole and Finn Balor uh, fight uh, in a singles match for the championship. Also, there's talk about them just plain old moving NXT to Tuesdays. I don't know about you guys, but when I saw what the score actually was, it completely killed my enthusiasm for seeing this match. What do you guys think? I'm with I do. I watched it live before knowing what the score was or the results, and Although I don't hate Cole versus Balor at all, I think it's going to be a great match. Um, the hype behind this four-way match, uh, the superstars you put into it, uh, 60 minutes for multiple men, more than two men, I should say, for the first time. Uh, I, you can't, you have to have a winner. You can't have some BS like this. I want to see a winner, whether it was sudden death overtime or just a straight winner at the end of 60 minutes. I did not like the finish to this, but I don't hate Cole versus Balor. Agreed entirely. As this match began to develop, I really started to enjoy the possibilities of the format, and I was getting really hyped for it. I think that this is a style of match that in the future I will be excited to see, but they did not set the bar nearly as high as they should have with the amount of incredible talent that was in there. Man, apparently everyone is just seeing eye to eye today because, yeah, I do agree when you when you. <laughs> book a match like that you have to have a definitive ending however i do love and I, I i did refer to the match this morning as i was just kind of reviewing all my notes and stuff as just the battle of handsome it, you just have adam cole who always reminds me of tom cruise if tom cruise didn't get sucked into scientology you know tom cruise sans cult uh there you go and then finn balor who's just stupid handsome like just like come on i don't know i just like i like seeing attractive people fight all right that is <laughs> that is my kink and i will not be shamed for it in regards to nxt moving to tuesday nights permanently that has been shut down by you know who because then uh he'd have to admit he lost the war right amy do you have anything to add on that one no nope. I just don't want you to get angry at me for not calling on you. Yeah, you know, it, it, I appreciate it. Okay, fine. <laughs> we'll, move, uh, we'll move back to uh, Justin for our three-point question in the Wednesday Night War. Going back to AEW, specifically to Wednesday Night Dynamite, name the opponent of John Moxley this past Wednesday, who also happens to be MJF's lawyer. Oh, um, Mark Sterling? Okay, I thought that question was going to be harder than it was, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, um, so let's talk about, once again, about AEW All Out. Uh, I thought the finish to uh, Moxley versus MJF was probably perfect. And I'm sure at this point we've all seen on social media the dude that tried to uh, 
tried to run up to John Moxley during his entrance. I agree. I think the finish was perfect. I didn't see MJF taking the title off of him. Um, and then after I saw Archer win the battle Royal early on, I, they want to, you want to see Archer versus Moxley at some point. So I, I expected that. I think they did it pretty smooth with the rule in place that he couldn't use his finishing move, but with the rep distracted and blah, blah, blah. So I, I thought it was great. And again, the overall pay-per-view didn't wow me, but I didn't hate it. I was entertained, you know, but I think, AEW has set the expectations really high for their pay-per-views in the past for the stunts that they pulled and the debuts and returns and you know surprises that they've had in the past there wasn't a lot of that this time around at times it felt just like a really good episode of dynamite which isn't horrible but it just didn't feel pay-per-view level at all times i think that uh they really built that feud beautifully and it's not mjf's time which is funny to say because he's in the argument for top heel in the entire game but i think that giving a chip to his shoulder only fuels his character as much or more than it, it than it would anybody with a competitive mindset and i don't think mox is ready to drop the title yet i think it has to feel right it has to feel like it's time for for mox to lose the title and if that's how this goes down then we'll know that aew really is the wrestling product for the people as we see WWE becoming more and more of a walled garden now uh, putting restrictions on how their talent are able to communicate. Are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? Are you speaking about Matt Hardy? I was going to try and make an elephant noise, but I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, uh, that Matt Hardy bump was something else, wasn't it? I just, I, I, (sighs) the only thing I can think of in the back of my mind. So, we all know Hardys are crazy and we all know that I'm sure in the back of his mind, it's just, it's always, you got to finish the match. You got to finish the match. You got to finish the match. But sometimes you got to tell a big name. No. And I just don't think, I I don't think that's exactly part of like wrestling culture, but it kind of needs to be. So I hope they, I mean, I will say the only person I can imagine happy about this happening was the WWE because then some of the heat was taken off of them for some of their shenanigans that they pulled earlier this week. Sure. Absolutely. But yeah, it was a, it was a nasty spill. And I actually told Amy when she saw it uh, on Twitter last night that like Matt was there when Mick fell off the hell in a cell and then finished a match. So he's absolutely in the generation of no, as long as you still got all your limbs, you finish. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the one thing that I don't give as much heat for, at least for the way it planned out is, uh, after that big bump, Matt Hardy didn't really take too much afterwards. The scariest part for me was the fact that they had him climb that structure with a head injury. And at one point, he actually did slip um, a little bit and almost fell right off. And that was the scary part. Now, he didn't take the bump on that, fortunately. But, you know, the fact that they, you know, he was cli- had to climb the, st- the structure for that last spot was scary for me. But overall, he didn't take a big bump afterwards. Well, your uh, your reign on the first round is not sloppy, Justin. You pulling your team's weight with six points, which means we're going to throw it over to the girls for our uh, our second round. Uh, Amy, Erica, who do you want to be the the active competitor, and what where where would you like to go? You want to talk about Raw and SmackDown, or you want to talk about news and notes around the ring? I yield to Erica. I would like to go to around the ring, please, and thank you. 
Hey, champ, we should consider asking Erica to join, uh, and we could be the Sunshine Buddies uh, triple weight champions. She's really nice over there. I really like her. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Impact Wrestling, because you know I love to talk about Impact Wrestling. Eddie Edwards lost his world heavyweight title on Impact this week in a match that makes most fans, including me, question his sanity. Who did he lose it to? Uh, It's uh, Mr. Eric Young. Yes, it is. Eric Young uh, pulling the Impact title. It feels like a lot of the talent that have left the WWE for Impact have much more of an axe to grind than anyone who's gone anywhere else. Plus, he's been working a program with Rich Swan, so I would imagine that's what's in the cards here. I mean, yeah, obviously. I'm sure, once again, once we kind of go around the ring here for commentary, um, some of the sunshine buddies may not be so so sunshiny when it comes to impact because they don't think it's important or worthy of their attention and, you know, different strokes for different folks. But uh, you can't deny Eric Young's doing awesome work and they, they didn't utilize them at all. And uh, it, it, it just, it's what a, what a waste. Like they just wasted him at WWE. This the, the whole time. Booker T had some good things to say about him. Of course he did, because Book knows what's up. Come on. <laughs> uh, Erica, as much as we like you over here, I do have to disagree with you on that, because I did see this, and I did like it a lot. Um, I We've talked about Eric Young uh, over at Impact and the great work he's been doing. Normally, I would not agree in any promotion putting their world title on a guy who just came back or debuted within you know a short amount of time. Uh, but I think Impact is playing off of all the guys that they brought over. I think they're playing them off pretty good. I mean, they know they have to lean on them a lot. They're not t- wasting time. They're really diving into them, making them the stars of their brand, the champions of their brand. And, uh, you know, so for that, I do give them respect for. So there you go, Erica. It was weird. Um, they normally get about 190,000 viewers. And when NXT went up head to head with them on Tuesdays, they actually went to negative ratings because some of their superstars were watching NXT instead of their own product. I don't know if that's factual, but I can see it. I can, I can huh. understand it. All right, Erica, you've got another question here. The two-point question in our Around the Ring category, also about Impact Wrestling. Uh, this Australian, who's wrestled in Ring of Honor, WWE, NXT, and FCW, made her return to the Impact Zone during Deanna Perrazzo's Black Tie Affair. Who am I talking about? Uh, Tennille Dashwood. Yes, former uh, Emma from uh, WWE. We've already talked uh, in multiple episodes about how good the women's division is over in Impact Wrestling, and I think she's a fine addition to it. In my humble opinion, and I think I have said this before, I think Impact's women's division is the best women's division out of like the major promotions in the United States right now. I think they have a lot of different uh, ladies who have a lot of different looks, a lot of different styles. A lot of, you know, obviously since their promos aren't as scripted as WWE's, they actually sound like different people. Uh, And it's not the same group of people writing the same crap for the same people. So I I just, I mean, like if you're going to watch Impact, like at least watch it for for the ladies. Like I once once again, I know the Sunshine Buddies not, you know, it's not high on their 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 list of things to watch. But like Deanna Perrazzo's awesome. Jordan Grace is awesome. Teal Dashwood is awesome. Uh, Kylie Ray is uh, what I refer was someone referred to her as cocaine Bailey. 
Like imagine, (laughs) (laughs) which, uh, and once they said, I went, okay, actually that checks out. Yes, that does check out. Um, I just think the division's awesome. They're fantastic. I even follow Jordan Grace on Twitter and I don't even watch Impact. Like that's how cool I think she is. And again, Erica, I'm going to agree with you. I do think they have the best women's division right now, mainly because like you mentioned, the writing for the WWE women's division absolutely sucks talent wise. And obviously with, you know, certain superstars being out, I think that WWE would have the the edge on that one, but the writing in the women's division in WWE sucks. The talent is great in impact. I agree with you. All right. Well, let's go to our third question. Also about impact wrestling. No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> <laughs> what happens when Chuck takes over, Erica? That's right. Usually, like when I, especially around the ring, I'm like, okay, let's let's spread the wealth. Let's let's make sure everyone <laughs> gets a turn. And well, and the thing is, when you said uh, like third questions about Impact Wrestling, I was shocked at first, but I'm like, no, this this makes sense. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be all about Impact? Okay, well, it is not about Impact. It is about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor announced a what they're calling a linear 24 seven digital first network this week that uh, both CM Punk and Shane McMahon would probably be big fans of because of the name. What is the name of this new Ring of Honor digital first network? Oh, man, I totally did see this, but I am blanking. Amy, do you have any idea? I didn't actually hear the question. My bad. I, I like I thought you said impact something. So I just tuned out again. <laughs> what a good partner. So we're uh, we're tossing this over to the uh, Sunshine Buddies. I take it. Uh, Yeah, best on the planet would be the answer to that one. That's correct. ROH, best on the planet. What do we think about the idea of a kind of a a digital network that isn't on-demand programming? It's all scheduled programming. It seems like the time for that kind of thing is long past. Like, if it's not on-demand, I don't know how excited people are going to get about it. Yeah, and that's the tough part. I mean, for me, we've already talked about how much wrestling wrestling fans like true wrestling fans already have to go through to watch in a week, you know, and then you add in any pay-per-views or special events or whatever else podcast and stuff like that. So you really have to be smart about the way you program your wrestling, um, especially for an organization that's just getting back up and running and you're, you're dealing with WWE and AEW leading everything right now. New Japan's back and impact just got a, a shit ton of stars. So it's like, it, it, you have to be smart about how you program it. I don't think this is the best decision. I feel like, it, you know, not even factoring in wrestling watching habits, the concept of, of, of appointment television, like, is very rare now. I rarely watch most things live because I'll be dicking around doing something else and then it's like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll watch it on Hulu tomorrow or watch this or, like, I'll have, you know, I mean, it's... It, it's super rare for me to actually sit down and watch something like, oh, it starts at 8 p.m. I'm going to watch this now. Um, so I think just that idea, like, I just, I don't see it. I don't, eh. So once again, I concur with Justin. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think when Nate comes back, we're going to have to, you know, make something happen here. Hell has frozen over. This is remarkable. All right. Well, at the end of two rounds with Justin uh, retaking that uh, final question there, Erica, your team has three points. Justin, you and Shawnee have nine points. Great job, champ. Thank you, champ. You are fantastic support. I couldn't do it without you. (sighs) You guys are disgusting. 
I know, Amy, I, right. I love you so much, and I think you know that, and we've been through a lot together, but even at our peak emotional and like just like crying, still not as bad as these two. No, because we're fucking metal. That's Am I allowed to say the F word here? Yeah. And that's why we're okay. double weight champions. The Sunshine Buddies double weight champions. Ugh. All right. All right. Well, let's go through our, our third round, throwing it back to the ladies for uh for our smacked raw category, which has now been renamed the Thunderground Underdome. The big news this week, obviously, the WWE dropped on Friday when a letter v, uh, Vince McMahon had written to talent on the day before told them that they needed to quit using third-party platforms under the threat of fines, suspension, or termination. According to the letter, talent have until when to shut down their Twitch, their Cameo, or you know any third-party platform? Uh, they have 30 days. Like, That's is that, correct. I, I'm like, I, I couldn't remember when I knew it was 30 days. I, I, I believe this. I believe the, the question was specifically said until when. Right. Yeah. So I think we're looking for a day. Okay, sunshine. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> calm down out there outside the ring. Just just calm down. Well, the, okay. If we are, I, I believe it is October 2nd. Uh, well, I have, I have 30 days on here. It's actually October 3rd. But uh, I will I will accept thirty days as the uh, as the answer. I believe the answer is October third, Chuck. <laughs> you know I used to like you, Justin. I don't anymore. I think I think you'll change your mind on that. That's okay. We're all sunshine over here. You can't hate us for too long. Let's talk about this. This is uh, I, I think we're probably all going to agree. You, that you we- asked one question and then gave her the points for answering a different one. Is that what we're going to talk about for a second? What what happened to the sunshine? <laughs> Where's Just because Nate's not here doesn't mean that you get to be Nate. Look, I was willing to accept 30 days or the exact date. I'm the ref here, goddammit. Anyway, how do we feel about this bullshit move that's totally robbing talent of making money? Yeah, that's where I wanted to go with this. <laughs> uh, this is, I, I think we can all agree, this is ridiculous. I agree with Andrew Yang. Okay, now that is currently in the running for the episode title. I agree with Andrew Yang. So um, on top of that, uh, it is remarkable that, like, they just won't let them have any fun, will they? Anytime anyone could possibly get over outside of programming, they will put the kibosh on that. On top of that, you know, I know it was mentioned how Lana doing those ads for an energy drink was kind of like one of the catalysts for this. But if that was really it, they would have just banned like sponsorship deals and stuff. I think Vince hated the fact that AJ said stuff on his Twitch uh, because they've been really antsy about anything COVID getting out about the organization. And they just figured like, well, if we're going to shut Twitch down, we might as well shut them all down. So it's just, it's a dog shit move, especially when they're independent contractors, quote unquote. I had also heard that um, Vince was having an issue with people like also Lana once again, but all of the TikToking backstage because um, it's showing backstage stuff and it's not the curated backstage stuff. So that seems to be bothering him too. Again, it goes to, I mean, this is the definition. We've we've always made the comment about Vince, an out-of-touch old man. And if this doesn't define it, 
you know, I don't know what does because first of all, to me, this helps promote the company. It's just, again, not only is it helping, you know, them individually, but then, you know, people, find, you know, trace them back to where they are, where they're, where they work, WWE. So that's number one. And number two, all this BS about seeing backstage and whatever else it's like, Again, that's the stuff that draws people in, that, at least extra, outside of just being wrestling fans. I mean, uh, there are hardcore wrestling fans, and then there are casual wrestling fans who can get turned into hardcore, re- hardcore wrestling fans because they're on Twitch, because they're on TikTok, and they lo- they grow to like them, and then they want to go watch them on the on your program. So, uh, again, like uh, everyone's saying, horrible, horrible move. Well, I've been like obsessing over the fact that like there's certain wrestlers that I really like their outside personas, not their inside personas, like Zelina Vega, Carmella. Like I like them as people. I don't necessarily like their characters, but like it makes me want to see what Zelina's going to do on on WWE when she's on. I don't know if it's Raw or SmackDown, but like it makes me want to know what her storyline is, what she's doing with Andrade and all this other stuff. So it's really definitely going to hurt. And plus, it's like certain people like now, even though Sonya Deville's not active, I can't tell you how many lesbians have been thirsting over Sonya Deville. You're getting a whole new demographic. I'm not a lesbian, and I'm still thirsting over Sonya Deville. Dude, she wa- rocks a suit. It like she damn. is like gorgeous. It's insane. Like I'm like, come on. My bisexual thing is just ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's Vince McMahon living in you know the early 2000s and in the 90s, where it's like this is how you promote your platform. You know, yes, they're out of character on there, but like you just said, Amy, you love their the, the actual person, and even if you don't love their character, you still want to support them because you love what they do on social media or whatever else. Well, and if you're going to mandate that, what's about Instagram? Instagrams, they've been doing this for how long? And they've been promoting themselves on Instagram for how long? I know some of them don't run their own and some of them do, but like for a case where you say like sometimes they're out of character, Alistair Black stays in character on his Instagram account. Everything is black and white. Everything is weird and cryptic. And then he gets his weird rocks off with the cats. And that's when he writes dumb captions and is just being himself. So... I don't see how that hurts the brand. And again, and I know contracts and all that, whatever else, but there are way too many options now in the wrestling world for these guys to go elsewhere and it'd be okay. That's the thing that strikes me the the weirdest is that this reminds me of like when they instituted the drug policy and there were absolutely people at the top of the food chain that were like Randy Orton that were like, what are you going to do? Fire me? And I feel like there's plenty of people in the WWE, you know, people like Adam Cole or Xavier Woods that, you know, I'm making a bunch of money on Twitch. What are you going to do? Fire me? There's plenty of other places I can wrestle. Well, let's, uh, I will, I will give each team a point because you are both in the right. However, uh, can I, can I let the ladies continue to have the round or do you guys need to, uh, take control? Really appreciate that Chuck by all means, ladies. All right. All right. Nice, 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 good sunshine buddies. Uh, Monday night, we saw the tragic ending to one of the most beloved tag teams in the women's division. I'm talking about the Iconics. They lost their number one contenders match in a, in a or they n- lost their match to the Riot Squad for the number one contendership and now have to break up. Who took the pinfall that ended this lifetime friendship? That would be Miss Billy Kay. That is correct. For two points, uh, Billy Kay. Uh, 
we not only did we see this team break up, but then on SmackDown a couple nights later, we got to finally see Sasha and Bailey break up. Who's left to face Baszler and Jax besides the Riot Squad? I have no idea what the hell they're doing. Like it just makes no sense. This this division of non teams, even though it's a tag team division, it I just I mean I think we all I think we all know what we're thinking. You got to be joking me. You got to be joking me. Exactly. Come on, it's just so stupid. And and supposedly Peyton Royce is is uh, heading for a singles push, but like who knows where that's gonna go. Because they, you know, Vince McMahon gets bored with his toys very quickly, um, and he doesn't—he's exa- not exactly a patient man. So if she doesn't get over immediately, like, so we're just out of team. Well, and how is she supposed to get over her whole her whole thing right now? Other than revamping her entire character, is playing off of Billy and her being annoying. So how how does that work now? And then you've got people like you know Lana and Natalia that are just embarrassing at this point you don't and we've been saying this and we've said it you don't have enough nearly enough depth you barely have enough to have a tag team title match let alone anyone breaking up and if you want to give one of them a singles push why do you need to break them up to do so there is absolutely no reason to break them up when you only have what three legitimate team two now maybe i don't know in that division I mean, your champions aren't even a legitimate tag team. They're two singles competitors who were having a good rivalry that for some reason you wanted to make champions. So, I mean, and for Sasha and Bailey, you know, I've been waiting for that to happen. So I don't, I mean, we knew that was going to happen and needed to happen. This is toward everywhere else. You don't have enough to do this. And then you have people like Naomi not being utilized. Yeah, I was curious, Justin, how you felt about the Sasha Bailey thing. Because I know you've been waiting for months for that to happen. I was, and, and I don't think it happened in the way you expected. Yeah, no, I figured Sasha would get sick of Bailey. Um, I I don't necessarily hate it because it allows Sasha to be the face, which is what she already is. Because everyone absolutely loves her, and everyone not only hates Bailey because she's a heel, but she's not a believable heel. Uh, so people hate her for that. So I mean, for the face heel thing, it works but I expected Sasha to turn on her. I thought it was an incredibly bold move because of the fact that Bailey is so polarizing in terms of her ability to play that heel. And word has been that Vince McMahon is an absolute fan of heel Bailey, which once again just shows how out of touch he fucking is with everything. But I particularly liked the ferocity and the cold-blooded assault for something that some of us may have felt had been dragging a little bit. It was a a cold-blooded ending to that story that I was not expecting at that moment. And I thought it was very, very potent. I hope that she's able to find it in herself, Bailey, now I'm saying, to match that ferocity on the mic somehow, some way. She's got to figure something out. It feels like uh, years ago when we started this podcast, Shawnee, we were talking about waiting for Bailey to find her killer instinct. And it feels like she absolutely found it this past Friday. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's go to our third and final question in the Thunderground Underdome uh, Raw and SmackDown uh, category. Uh, The big news over on SmackDown is the return of Roman Reigns and how he is joined with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman opened the show with Roman Reigns this week and during a very calm and even promo referred to Michael Cole and Corey Graves as what? Yeah, I I got nothing. What do you have? Do you have anything, dear? I'm going to guess flying monkeys. 
Nope, nope, they were not flying monkeys. We'll uh, send it over to the fellas. Justin, Shawnee? Or you can go, I mean, any Wizard of Oz reference I think deserves a point. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my God, you guys, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't say a word. It's totally fine. Shawnee, I have one. Do you have both or do you want me to just roll with my one? Roll with your one. Let's see if it jogs anything loose. <laughs> All right, so I know Corey Graves was Carmela's latest boyfriend, which I found freaking hilarious. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember Michael Cole. No, man. The most, the biggest insult I can think of of calling uh, an announcer is Michael Cole. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I will give you each a point, each team a point for entertainment value. But the uh, the full answer for this one was uh, he referred to Michael Cole as Anderson Cooper and to Corey Graves as Carmella's latest boyfriend. We ended the show on SmackDown finding out that Jey Uso is going to fight the big dog at Clash of Champions. How uh, how are we feeling about this? Uh, for starters, calling someone Anderson Cooper isn't an insult, I guess, depending on who you are. I'm like, oh, what, he's a very intelligent gay man? Yeah, ouch, you got me there, Paul. You forgot beautiful. He is, like, he is a, he is a beautiful man that vanderbilt skin man uh well i'm well, he, he got that good money like yeah. come on he doesn't have to be on television he's already rich like and we all know rich people are better at skincare than all of us so jay uso how i didn't i did not see that ending coming i like i didn't just i mean we always you know criticize the wwe for being predictable i did not see that one coming at all so I mean, good on Jay Uso. I think it should be it, it should be an interesting match, Oos. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about is Oos versus Oos. Technically, so you're you, the only way you'd get that is to put the the Usos proper against each other. So this is the next best thing, and I think it's gonna be awesome. No, I love everything about this storyline, and Chris Jericho does too. I love Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. Uh, I love the unpredictability of it. Uh, and these two can put on a legitimately good match. Uso's done it with in the tag team division. Roman's always done it. The only way they can ruin this for me is if it's the one side of the fair that we saw at payback is the norm in Roman in Roman matches going forward. I want to see these two put on a legitimate competitive match, whether it's friendly or Roman turns on him. I want it to be a good main event type match because they can they can do that. I thought it was Jimmy Uso all along, Chuck. So my whole world just exploded. <laughs> it could be. I, 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 what's, ever since the face paint went away, I, at least then I could refer to them as left Uso and right Uso. Now I'm just totally confused. Let's not make this show political, sir. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. At the end of three rounds, we are looking at uh, one team carried by Justin with 11 points. And uh, over on the other side, the ladies with five points. Of course, the final fall worth 10 points, which means it is still anybody's game. And this week, the final fall uh, conducted under what we like to refer to as price is right rules, which means that whoever is the closest without going over will uh, will actually have the correct 10 point answer. Are you guys ready? I'm ready, champ. Are you ready? I'm ready, champ. You had me at price is right rules. Okay. Let's take a moment to pay our respect for the passing of Dick Togo, for whom these championships are named. Moment of silence. Um, as usual, I will uh, I will take answers from all four of you in the private message version of uh, what we're using here. So uh, you can private message me your answer once I tell you what the question is. In light of WWE's new third-party earning policy, 
Paige has changed her Twitch from official Paige WWE to Soraya official using her real name. According to the online gamer Chris Denker in a tweet, how much is Paige probably making on Twitch in a month? Of course, uh, once again, I'm looking for a dollar amount and uh, conducted under prices right rules. So if you go over, it is incorrect. But uh, whoever is closest will earn the 10 points. While uh, I'm waiting to get the private messages from both teams, or like I said, all four of you can throw your uh, your your answers at me. And um, while we're waiting for that, I want to uh, say that the Mimosa Mayhem match was very fun. It wasn't what I expected. I was really hoping for something more along the lines of the Inferno match, except with a fountain of mimosas around the ring that would vegas style erupt up every time somebody did a slam but uh you know what having two double dare pools on either side of the ring full of mimosa still very fun i mean there was a there was enough of a mess to clean up after jericho's splash so imagine if they had bellagio fountains right. to clean up after which i mean visually would have been amazing uh but i just thinking like of the crew i'm like oh my god that would have been a nightmare to clean up and it's sticky and it's uh that's what I would imagine. I'm sure that uh, he had to go take a nice long bath after that. <laughs> all right, our final fall. All our all our answers are in. I am uh, happy to report somebody nailed it right on the nose, scoring their team ten points. Before we uh, reveal uh, who won, though, let me repeat the question. In light of WWE's new third poly, po- oh my god. In light of WWE's new third-party earning policy, Paige has changed her Twitch from official Paige WWE to Soraya Official, which is her real name, not official, Soraya. According to online gamer Chris Denker, how much is Paige probably making on Twitch a month? According to his tweet, he said $45,000 is probably what Paige is pulling in on Twitch every month. And I'm happy to report that Erica... Nailed it right on the nose, scoring her team ten points. Now, if we means- are if we are going by this uh, prices right rules, does that mean I get both their belts? Because I got it on the nose. You can have a third of our belt and join the Sunshine Buddies. Oh, for sure, please. You know, we would love to have you over here. There's only I- two sides of strap. You can't have a belt in three point in three pieces. We can make it work. We can cut it long ways. <laughs> oh there you go. They are now wrestling bracelets. If you, well, if you think about it, though, like the little buckles are usually in rows of three. So we each get a row of buckle. Well, the final score for today's game will be Erica and Amy. Do you guys have a tag team name? I, I, mean, I mean, I think if anything, and Amy, I would put you know this on you. No pressure. Um, I wouldn't want a proper name. I'd want a symbol like Prince, something that no one can pronounce. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. The technical difficulties. Your team uh, ends up with 15 points to uh, Justin and Sean's uh, Metaversal Crushers scoring 11 points. A very close game. However, we now have new Dick Togo Memorial Tag Team Champions. So as always, uh, I will give each of our contestants uh, 60 seconds to uh, cover anything that we didn't this week, as well as uh, you know either celebrate your victory or lament your loss. Erica, we'll start with you. Actually, can we start with Amy? Because I have to bring up a thing uh, to read for mine, and Amy totally knows what I'm going to talk about because she's laughing a lot. So please, my precious angel, could you go first? 
that I can do. And I honestly don't need 60 seconds. All I need to say is, ha, I'm a fucking champion now, Chuck. You better not never call on me again. And I hope that once Nate finds out I'm champ, he knows I'm gunning for his ass. Ooh, ooh, somebody's real, real feeling, really feeling her oats after that one. I am going to Becky Lynch the shit out of this anytime I get in here. Okay. All right. Good for you. Uh, Erica, go ahead. 60 seconds on your clock. Okay. So I came across a tweet this morning that brought me a lot of joy and I will read it to you. It, 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 it is as follows. Eddie Kingston has the face of a man who eats pussy like a goddamn champion. Send tweet. And I saw, and by the way, yeah, send tweet was the punctuation of the tweet. Um, and I saw that I laughed and then I thought, yeah, that checks out. He does. And that, and then I, I yield the rest of my time. Okay. Uh, Justin, you've got 60 seconds on the clock. Go ahead and uh, let, let anybody know anything we missed this week. I know I wanted to say congratulations, la- congratulations, ladies. I mean, you did a fantastic job. Erica, great job on that last question. And that tweet totally made me forget what I was going to get into. <laughs> now you're just like probably like thinking about Eddie Kingston and going, hmm. No, I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Mm, I would say I gotta look and see what. Well, not, okay, not, mm, not mm, like yummy, but more like a hum. Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of that's kind of where I was because I I you know totally lost where I was going with anything. Oh, I found it. Um, I'm, I mean. <laughs> I'm going to make it short now that I, you know, spend most of my time. Yeah. Now that 45 to 50 seconds was spent trying to figure out what you were going to say. I am so excited. Now he knows how to keep time. Yeah, (laughs) of course he does. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited for Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt's world next week. I am so excited. And if it's not that I hate everything, it's going to be so good. <laughs> the, the sugary, syrupy goodness of face Bray Wyatt with face Alexa Bliss and all those puppets makes me so happy. Yeah, like the idea of it is, it it, it could be so offensively cutesy that I cannot wait to see it. And I'm I'm with you. If that doesn't happen, then I'm I'm just turning off Raw. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> If they fail me on SmackDown, Raw goes. Do you hear me, WWE? <laughs> I'm looking for any excuse to not watch Raw ever again. All right. All right. Uh, Erica, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at... Un- oh, my God. I um- See, I'm I'm still thinking about Eddie Kingston, and, 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 and I can't even get my head on straight. Eddie, Eddie Kingston screwed all of us, okay? Oh, Continue, oh, Erica. Uh, anywho, um, once again, Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. Boom. Justin, where can people find you online? Uh, all over social media at Eddie. No, at JV underscore sports underscore talk and JV sports talk.com. Uh, what about you, Amy? I am acronym official everywhere that you get your stuffs. So find me there. And Shawnee, where can people find you? People can find me running the One Fall Show Twitter page uh, whenever I'm watching wrestling, which I hope will not be on Monday nights at some point. (laughs) Uh, I've been your host, Chuck Bean. You can find me over on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash chzuck playing rock bands on Sundays and uh, probably playing some more games this week when I get some time. 
And uh, also you can find me, of course, on the Nerd Radio podcast, which you can uh, find all over your social media at Nerd Radio 101 and uh, find the podcast at NerdRadio101.com. Thank you, Erica, Shawnee, Justin, Amy, for another week of the One Fall Show. We'll join you next week for more news and notes of the week that was. I was going to apologize for running the show off the rails, but I'm not sorry. No, you shouldn't be. No, no need I, to no, be. Not at all. Not at all. Well, I was, you know, I I didn't fully have in my head what I wanted to do in that final sixty seconds. So when Chuck let you go first, I created it, and then you <laughs> knock, and then you knocked it right out of my damn head. I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, it, it, here's the thing, because like I was so, because I'm, I'm. I'm very competitive in just normally. And it's like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to have a good showing uh, because I don't get to do this often. And so I was, cause I, I, I sent Amy the tweet like maybe a few hours ago. And yeah. just cause you know, I'm like, this is rude. If I'm laughing, Amy's going to laugh at this too. Uh, <laughs> so, so I said to her and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to bring this up on the show, but I'm going to figure it out. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know yeah. what I'm spending my 60 seconds on. I, I'm just used to the 60 seconds being like, Oh, I like this on raw. I'd like this on SmackDown. You know, AEW should do this where Erica went there that route. And it was great.